Welcome to Open Mind GeoFo Radio. This is your host, Alejandro Rojas. And today, again, I am joined by Karen Brard. Hi, everyone. So, uh, Martin is not with us today. And you know what? I need to share some concerns I have about Martin. Uh-oh. Yeah, I have some big concerns. He's the, you know, we always talk about the weather when Martin's on. It seems like that's the first thing we always talk about because <clears throat> he's usually jealous of wherever I am. But Maine, that's the the summers are great. So he's been off traipsing around. Right now he's on a boat on a lake, I think, um, or probably on the ocean. So he's wow. been having fun in the wonderful weather. Yeah, and he has no reason to be jealous of us right now. It's like 110 minimum every day here. It's awful. Yeah, we are in International UFO Congress headquarters in Arizona. We're headed to California later today, so then he can be jealous again because the weather's amazing out at Open Minds headquarters, uh, <laughs> where I'll be talking to you next week. But we've got a lot going on. Oh, look, there's Jack of Ages. He's from Scotland. Hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. Jock, I should say. Oh, I love Jock. that name, Jock of Ages. So, oh, London, Canada. All right. Cool. Welcome from Canada. International. You know what's interesting, too, out of the stats uh, that I get a lot of people, the second biggest country it used to be like canada um the uk and i've got lots of canadians and, and uh british people that watch the show and, and go to open minds but the number two it these days is norway norway is the second largest country be- really besides the united states that's Why going do you think to open that minds is? do you think maybe um we had someone from norway here and yeah he's doing that big uh Heselden. Yeah, maybe uh, that's gotten really popular and maybe that's gotten a lot of UFO speak loud followers. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Uh, So I'm not sure. But if you're from Norway, uh, you're in the chat, let us know. Uh, Maybe there we've just gotten popular out there, which is really cool. Anyway, uh, some other stuff going on. Speaking of the website, you guys might have noticed we do have some Swedish people, but not a a ton. Um, Well, it's not number two interesting enough. But anyway, uh, we have a lot of uh, people going to the website. The website's really taken off since I've relaunched it. Uh, If you were going there and you noticed it was slow, it's because we were getting too many people. So I did have to upgrade the server. So the server, yeah, that's a very good thing. So the server is upgraded now. So you'll notice the website super fast again, uh, which is great. Uh, of course, I had to spend more money, so uh, it would be great if you're not a subscriber to subscribe either on Patreon or here on YouTube. And if you are a YouTuber and you want to subscribe, then you can watch my interviews uh, or you can join at a level where you can join the interviews live and you get all of your information in the community tab. So there's a community tab now in uh, YouTube where you can see, you know, where we can kind of talk and share information 
feel free to post questions and, and stuff in there too. Um, anybody can do that. And I'll do a little pitch for you. Okay. Okay. So um, for a long time, I know people were missing his uh, Open Minds radio, but that's because he uh, was looking for a job, a full-time job. So he couldn't. Um, and But he decided, you know what? I want to try to make this go. So this is he's trying to make this a full-time job. I know he spends full-time working on this subject, um, whether it's writing, um, doing podcasts, researching. So as, if you guys really like it and you want more, sign up for one of his Patreon or his YouTube accounts so he can keep doing this and he can do this full-time and get all the good information to you. So it's really important if you want to keep seeing Alejandro online and in his writings and all the things he does to, st to support him. So we really appreciate it. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Okay, so let's get to the news first and then we'll get to some Congress stuff. But... Uh, First off, I'm going to share my screen because we do have some big news that uh, just came recently. I'll just show the share Huge the whole news. Um, and this is you might have seen uh, CNN. Of course, we all as UFOers already know some of this stuff. But why is this news a big deal? Yeah, we are in the kitchen. We are in the cafeteria of the UFO Congress headquarters here, otherwise known as my house. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, this is the news. The Pentagon is forming a new task force to investigate UFOs report CNN as of yesterday uh, that have been observed by U.S. military aircraft, according to two defense officials. Um, some of you may say, well, we already knew there was a UAP task force. Alejandro, you and your guests have told us all about this. In fact, Lou Elizondo has told us that, you know, ATIP never ended, that it kept going. And uh, we have seen some news like from uh, the Swedish researcher Roz, Roger Gassel, who was able to even go. She was the first one to say there is a UAP task force that's looking into all of this, which is interesting because Susan goes the same one who said ATIP had nothing to do with UFOs. Uh, back in about a year or so ago, she told John Greenwald that. So changes her stories constantly. And we'll get in a second. But, uh, you know, uh, the question is, is this that task force? Also, we know that the, the Senate Intelligence Committee had mentioned a UAP task force when they asked the Deputy of National Intelligence or Director of National Intelligence to do some UAP reports and to centralize UAP uh, investigations. And so... Uh, and I'd like to add uh -huh. that um, all these people who are thinking, oh, to the stars, hasn't been doing anything. What have they been doing? All of this is largely due to what all the things that Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon have been doing. They've been, for the last two years, going to Congress, meeting with senators, meeting with representatives, meeting with military people. So this is all their hard work finally paying off. Yeah. You might not have known about because it was all, you know, in the background and they couldn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But he really has been doing a lot of work. And we know we have a little more insight because fortunately we get to meet with or talk with Lou Elizondo occasionally. Um, in fact, uh, he came to the house. Yeah. He came to Open Mind headquarters in uh, San Diego. Otherwise in, known as his house. <laughs> yeah, not too long ago. Because his internet went uh, out, so yeah. he needed art. So we got to spend the day with him. But it, that is a really good point that, you know, a lot of people have been saying, oh, you know, they're clicky. They're not about UFO researchers and they're not paying attention to UFO researchers. That there's a bit of truth to that, but that's because their audience has been the military, has been politician. They've really been focusing their time over the last few years on the TV show, which has helped towards this effort. 
but also working with all of these people in the background and that's what they've been doing. Um, so I think that's all really important. And to be honest, you know, uh, I think some of you, my audience will agree, the UFO crowd is not necessarily the most productive or best to work with, to be honest. And I've said this over the years, those of you who listen to my podcast, I focus on the mainstream. When I'm writing my articles, I'm thinking of the general population out there. Or even when I do these shows, I think of the general population. Which you, know, you have to. Right. Because, you know, if you want to really reach mainstream and you want things to become uh, rule laws or whatever, you need to reach the, the normal person who might not think anything about UFOs yet. They might yeah. just think they're in the movies. So, And the other thing that I'll do, which other shows don't do, is I will focus on, uh, you know, giving you all the background. So if I mention to the stars, I'm going to mention what that is. If I mention Tom DeLonge, I'm going to mention who he is. Some of you are like, I know who Tom DeLonge is. I know who to the stars is. But all of these new people coming into this don't know that. And most likely when you were new to this topic, and I hear this a lot from my listeners, when you were new to the topic, you were like, Finally, there's someone who's explaining to me what these things are because I'm talking to, I'm listening to these other podcasts and they mention these names and people, and I don't even know who any of these people are. So I think it's important that we explain. And even when I'm into this, you know, I, I appreciate it because I forget or there are some things I'm not aware of. So it's like, oh, great. You know, when someone explains who these people are and how they fit. So uh, just some background there about sure, uh, it seems like we already knew about the task force, but did we? Here's the second paragraph. Really, the rest is just review. That's not important. But the second paragraph really is. Deputy Secretary of Defense David Norquist will help oversee the task force, which is expected to be officially unveiled in the next few days, according to the officials. Previous efforts look into what Pentagon dubs unidentified aerial phenomena were led by the U.S. Navy, as many of the documented uh, encounters involved their aircraft. So those are interesting comments. Um, and this kind of gets to my other story. So let's get over there real quick. And because interesting enough, just this week, I posted this story. I told you guys I've been researching on this for a while, but Pentagon can't keep their story straight on UFOs and UAPs. The DOD, and this is where John Greenwald and I got in a fight over this, you know, and including Tim McMillan and I were even at odds at time. Uh, and he's that police officer who also has the um, background in intelligence, who I had on the Rojas reports. And of course, John Greenwald runs the Black Vault, a great site, one of the best sites for FOIA information and FOIA documents on UFOs and other topics. But... The DOD has been countering everything that Elizondo especially has said, and also Harry Reid, who, who started the Pentagon Project ATIP. I mean, if anybody's going to know why ATIP was started and, and who's involved, it's going to be Harry Reid. He started the whole dang thing. And unfortunately, the DOD public affairs offices have been saying Things like Elizondo was never involved with ATIP. ATIP had nothing to do with UFOs. So it's been really weird. Another thing, though, and, and I go through that background of how they've been changing their story, how there's been several people involved in the DOD, and that this, they keep saying he was involved, he wasn't involved, there was UFOs, there wasn't UFOs. Um, a strange history where obviously... I don't know. My conclusions were that either there's bad communication inside of the uh, DOD or 
they were retaliating and trying to make Elizondo suffer. And still trying to cover it up. And finally they got to the point where they can't cover it up anymore because it's out and now we even have more. What do you think? Do you think they were trying to make Elizondo suffer? We'll call him Lou, the guy who ran the Pentagon project. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if she was told by someone higher up just to keep that line, you know, that this didn't happen or, or what it was. I just, it's just confusing to everyone. I mean, until she comes out and makes a real statement, you know, separate from the military, we won't know. I don't think. Did you notice that I said project like Canadians do? I did not actually catch yeah, that. <laughs> I accidentally said project. That's what Canadians say. A boot and pro project. Is this a new thing for you? Yeah. You're going to start talking like a Canadian? Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I was looking at chats, but I'll look at that in a second. Anyway, you can right read now? this story about the, uh, the back and forth. But in particular, you might want to read the last chapter or the last section. And the last section of my article, like I said, it usually does run faster. It's running a little slower because I got I'm streaming and doing all this stuff right now. But the last section of my article is, did a tip continue past 2012? So Lou Elizondo said the Pentagon UFO project that he ran did continue past 2012, even though the DOD was saying that it ended in 2012. Right. Uh, we didn't have much information for a long time until Susan Goh, the same person who said ATIP wasn't, you know, part of, it wasn't a UFO program. Elizondo wasn't part of it. All things that we have confirmed actually weren't accurate. But she told Roger Gassel, that Swedish UFO researcher, that yes, um, there is that UAP project, uh, that it is under, and she says it right here, USDI, which is the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. That's essentially, that is the department that Elizondo worked under. So she finally said there is a task force, and it is in the same prop. Um, department Elizondo worked for that really she didn't say it was a tip part two Elizondo says that and I think his credibility is pretty strong at this point um, so it does appear that there is sort of a confession that a tip did continue essentially the story is that uh, even once Elizondo left that really the Navy was a big part of the program. Even Elizondo said that once the funding ended, he worked very closely with the Navy and the CIA um, doing these investigations at the Pentagon. Um, so it would make sense that when he left, since the Navy was the primary people he worked with, they would kind of take it over. It also, as we've heard from Elizondo, well, we've heard from others that, you know, these cases, especially the Nimitz case, which was kind of the bedrock case for their case that UFOs are being taken seriously, uh, that that was a Navy case. So we saw this in uh, the History Channel's Unidentified about Elizondo and Chris Mellon and all these guys with To The Stars doing these UFO investigations, that it was kind of Navy personnel that was doing these briefings. Even Brian Bender of Politico had revealed that the Navy was doing these UFO briefings to the Senate Intelligence Committee. So Navy kind of took over. Now it seems as though maybe this is going back into uh, the Defense Department. We'll have to see once we get more information. 
So people are wondering, is this a new group that they're talking about? Or is this the same old group, just more of an official announcement that this group exists? Most people are thinking it's the latter, that they're just going to say, we do have a UFO task force. We're formalizing it. The deputy uh, of defense is going to be a bigger part of overseeing this. And there will be more of a public uh, portion where they'll be sharing information with the public. Hopefully, I think yeah. that's what we're going to be seeing. Yeah. I mean, you would think so since they're announcing it to the public that there's going to share information that they glean from it. Um, but like you said, that was someone that I don't know who it was that Lou maybe went to a, a meeting or someone went to a meeting and someone came up to him and said, I was part of another task force. So there's many there could have been many task oh, forces yeah. out there, but nobody knew about the other one because they were also small and uh, secretive. Right. That was some recent news where Elizondo had said he was at a meeting uh, and it was a briefing where they were briefing, uh, you know, some people in this classified meeting. And one of those people that was being briefed said, I, I was you in the eighties. I ran a program like this in the eighties, which shocked Elizondo because he didn't realize a project like this existed in the eighties. So who knows how many there were out there? So let's see, we've got some conversation. Uh, he, uh, Jock is saying, I'm going to call you Jock for short, if that's okay. The ones in the Pentagon who don't want disclosure or uh, are like, are, or Elizondo are likely behind all of this, meaning I think the stall of information, uh, I'm guessing. Um, Mark says, I'm worried about Martin. You don't need to be worried about Martin. He's having, He's having a, good a good time. time yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that could be. I mean, I, I don't think Elizondo, Elizondo is certainly trying to get information out um, in the most credible way. And he's also doing it in a manner which he's trying not to upset his former colleagues uh, and trying to work with them to get information out. But uh, certainly there are people who uh, were not excited about him kind of going around official procedures to get information out. Um, that's why I kind of say he kind of is a whistleblower where he's like, no, whistleblowers kind of share information they're not supposed to, classified information. That's not what he did. Uh, although he kind of shared information they didn't want him to share. I mean, none of this would have been happening if it wasn't for Elizondo. I yeah. really believe that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So let's see. Uh, other questions that are out there. Uh, well, I was just going to add. Yeah. Like. In order for all this to happen, it's not just, oh, we want to share information. It's probably because they're starting to get a little worried. Like, what are these things? There's, you know, there's a little bit of fear factor behind this, that the government's finally realizing, hey, we don't know what's flying around there and we need to make sure we do understand it so we can Maybe. protect ourselves against it. Or, or is it that they know, they think they feel pretty comfortable that it's not dangerous and they're willing to share the information because so far nothing mm. bad has happened. I don't know. I think it may be more along those lines. I think that they've always been interested in the phenomena. And we could see this in Blue Book and in the background. Even when Blue Book closed, I said, you know, it's okay if Blue Book closes. The cases that uh, concern national security are sent somewhere else anyway. So I think in the background, they've always been looking at it and researching it. It's just yeah. the public is finally becoming aware and I think there are factions on the inside who wanted to share this information with the public, 
but their policy has been to poo-poo the whole thing and make us think it's silly, largely because the CIA did this Robertson panel where they kind of decided what they should do, and that's what they decided. We can't let the public take this seriously, so they make fun of it. Um, and now those things are turning around. What they know is is something else entirely. But to your point, they may feel more comfortable sharing information right now if they have come to the conclusion, like Chile has, the Chilean government, that uh, it doesn't pose a genuine threat. In other words, that we don't have to be immediately afraid of what it is, uh, but that it is an unknown is kind of a threat, just that we don't know what it is. Right. And I mean, there have been some cases like in South America where there were, you know, people that did get zapped by something and, and they were wounded. So it's a very small percentage of cases that report um, actual physical harm. But uh, either way, it's a good idea to at least prepare the, the, you know, the world at large that there is something out there that we don't know what it is. And so, you, you know, you're prepared for whatever happens at least a little bit. But someone said, uh, so they're making things hard for Elizondo. Exactly. There's no doubt there are some people trying to make things hard for Elizondo, and they have done a great job at that. Um, and uh, and hopefully he sticks in there because I know personally, we know personally, sometimes it can be really rough for him. Um, and uh, he gets disappointed in colleagues uh, and people on the inside who are not being helpful, but yeah. uh, and UFO people because many have been complete jerks. Yeah, I mean you UFO guys know. people want more information more than he can give, and um, people have not given him any credit for what he has done. Mm -hmm. So also, Steve Padilla noticed the other article on the website that I posted this week, and that is called "A Survivor at Roswell." I didn't write that article. Uh, essentially, what I've been doing is since the New York Times wrote that story about the UFO crashes, and of course, uh, I've I've asked Chris Mellon, uh, Lou Elizondo, and of course, I've got that really big interview with Dr. Eric Davis, all people who are involved with To The Stars and or the government program, really all people with the government program. Well, the New York Times kind of came out and said, hey, a lot of these people take UFO crashes seriously, and they think we should as well. Uh, I've got an article on that that I wrote a couple weeks ago. But uh, because UFO crashes, you know, these guys are convinced UFO crashes have happened. Of course, I'm a bit skeptical, but I, I want you all to have the best information so you can make the decision yourself. So I posted those couple of articles on international cases, on uh, cases other than Roswell. I also wrote an article on Roswell. And this latest case I wanted to post for you all or article because it was something written by Don Schmidt for Open Minds magazine. We don't print that magazine anymore. So many people haven't been able to see that article, but it was a great article. Essentially, I went to Don Schmidt, who's a, you know one of the main Roswell researchers. And I said, write us an article that you think is will convince people there was something, you know, the best evidence that there was a body, that there was a live alien or, or there were aliens uh, attached to this Roswell crash. I mean, obviously, if it was a balloon, there wouldn't be aliens that, except aliens that might have been hanging on to the balloon. But, um, you know, if, if it was a balloon, there wouldn't be aliens. So that's what he did. He wrote an article on the best evidence. Um, and it is interesting. There are deathbed confessions, that sort of thing. Not a lot of people. I think this is what is surprising because I've looked into this too. People didn't start saying there were aliens in the Roswell thing until Roswell became 
famous in the late 80s. That's when the first alleged witnesses came forward. Um, so uh, there's not a lot of people who claim that. And it's not as, you know, a lot of people get this impression there are hundreds of witnesses that were there that saw aliens. Well, if that's the case, most are not coming forward. But you can read that article, see what you think. I would love to hear your thoughts, Make write some comments, and uh, see what you think, whether you know his article convinces you that there was a live being captured at Roswell. What do you think? Hmm. I don't know. Live, maybe not. But something, you know, remains, maybe. Mm -hmm. From what I, rem you know, from what the story was that was going around that they had to get some small caskets from the funeral home. I mean, that is very telling right there. Some kind of body. If that happened, though, the person who made that claim um, has made false claims demonstrably. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part with Roswell. A lot of what we know, and it's so complicated. There's so much information. A lot of what we think we know um, the sources of information have been less than credible. Uh, what's great about Don's article is that the, they, they are some pretty credible witnesses, the firsthand witnesses, but the people who have relayed the information are typically family members. So it's second or third hand information, which does make it more difficult. I mean, I think the single most valuable piece of evidence is the fact that uh, Mac Brazel brought the, the, the items in those people looked at it. Um, who was it? Uh, Jesse Marcel. And there was one another man. The CIA guy is Cabot. They both looked at it. They would have immediately known what it was. They got out in their car and drove out there. There would have been no reason for them to drive out there if it was a weather balloon and they knew that. It's a good argument. It's a good argument, babe. Yeah. She's a good arguer. I know this firsthand <laughs> <laughs> on a daily basis. Just a fact. Just a fact. <laughs> That's how you win. So you're right. See. So yeah. So look into that. Um, government can't keep secrets. Roswell is half the story. Aztec info is scarce. Yeah, I did write about Aztec. We don't know much about Aztec. Um, let's see. There's so much cheaper stuff than Ontap. New York Times. Susan Guy. Go. I respect Greenwald and McBill, but they're wrong about a lot. Hmm. Well, no one knows for sure. Everyone's got yeah. their opinions and assumptions and, and theories. And until yeah. everything comes out, you know, we're all just trying to figure it out ourselves. And I would say, you know, there are two ways to go about this. There's there's ways to look at information. Like, I think this would be the difference between Dolan and I. A historian looks to, uh, a historian puts more weight into anecdotal information. A lot of what we know from history is from anecdotal information. And that's why we have so many versions uh, and disagreements about history and historical information. When it comes to journalism, you know, we're a lot more careful about our sources. That's what was interesting. I've been seeing lately there, the similarities between journalism and uh, intelligence work, where you're really trying to get credible sources to establish, you know, what it is that you're seeing. And of course, Tim McMillan worked in intelligence. And the last interview I had, Stephen McDaniel with the Rojas Reports also uh, worked in intelligence. So if you're not a member, become a member so you can watch those interviews. They're great. But uh, 
I think that's the difference. So there's just different levels. And then, of course, the highest level, which frustrates a lot of UFO researchers, is the scientific level. I mean, not, you know, no anecdotal information is going to prove anything scientifically. That you actually have to have. It's more physical. You've got to really prove things with that. So, And that'll be the hardest. Yeah. So that's the hardest. That's why that's more difficult um, and why it takes more time. But we all have to go there at some point. But another, but and if you can fit things into a pattern or a puzzle, that helps too. And that goes towards a scientific method. Um, Kenneth Arnold saw his sighting, which was a really good sighting and described it very well um, on the 6th of July. Is that correct? No, his sighting was Second? June, like late June. It was very late in June. And then not too but long. Period after of that, time. There was a very good sighting in June Phoenix. And then right after that was the Roswell. So it almost seems like th if there were this civilization or whoever they were visiting us at that time, they there's you know two two sightings, two very credible sightings right before the crash at Roswell, if it was a crash. So those are you know three things that fit together. Yeah, that's true too. That's another argument for Roswell. And even if you listen to the radio in a, the first radio. Uh, famous radio thing. And you could get that right here on YouTube. Go look for Roswell radio announcement. When there was an announcement, you know, you hear the guy breaking news. I don't know. Why did they talk like this? We've got new news out of Roswell. Why did they all have to talk like that? I don't know. It was the style. But he, and and he, all, the, all the women talk like this too. And they, they yeah. had to be very, uh, they you had did. to banter back and forth and be very yeah. clever in your words. But anyways, he was well, like, start talking like this, honey. Finally, the <laughs> we may have answers to the flying saucer predicament. You know, essentially, he says that he talks about how you know a lot of people have been seeing flying saucers, and Kenneth Arnold was in the new at the news at that point when uh, Roswell had happened. So, yeah, there was UFOs were a thing, sightings were a thing uh, when Roswell happened. So, that does uh, lend some credibility, I suppose, too. Do I foresee? congressional hearings coming soon? I think that's a really great question. And I think there's a lot of people who assume there's going to be these grandiose, you know, hearings and it's going to be this big spectacle. There may, may be at some point, but not anytime soon. You know, congressional hearings are, are, are when Congress really needs to get some information out. And if there's a public need, then they'll be public. There certainly have been some briefings behind the scenes, um, but we might not get more than that. It'll depend on, you know, what comes out in these reports. Now, if they say Roswell was real and we really had a body, you know, that would, of course, raise a lot of concern. Scientists will be thinking, why didn't we get access to this stuff? You know, we should have been sharing this information for a long time. That would be a big deal. Maybe that would cause hearings. But I wouldn't look for hearings anytime soon. And um, there would be no action to take. There's At this right. point, it would be so far ago, they couldn't, you know, arrest anyone or charge them with anything. Um, it might be more likely that a group of people who've been hi hiding some of these secrets or who know about these things might just come out when they're ready just to say, okay, these are the things that have happened that we know about. And that might be more like instead of hearings, it might just be people deciding to come out. Yeah, people are talking about, um, right, so I don't know about hearings. As far as Aztec, people are talking about Dolan and Ramsey. I know Scott Ramsey pretty well. I've got a couple interviews with him in the archives on the podcast if you want to hear those. 
but really his book to me was a was kind of a disappointment um because it was really hearsay i mean aztec i think has very little to zero evidence for it it's got you know talk about second third hand witnesses and very few of them I just don't see that as one of the best cases personally. Unfortunately, um, so much time has passed and most of these people are no longer with us, which yeah. makes it so hard. So maybe somebody will come upon a diary or some book in the attic with some pictures in it. That would be a really exciting find. Yeah, so we'll see, we'll see, who knows. But uh, anyway, let's get into the UFO Congress here. Uh, the hey. UFO Congress is coming up in just a few weeks. Uh, you really oh, no. gotta check that out. And uh, let's go ahead and show people what it looks like. You want to okay. show them this? Yeah, I'm going to share the screen with you and show you some of the functions. Let me, sh let me share the screen so, real quick. The, yes, this, the conference is live streaming, um, not in person. So don't fly to Arizona. Um, but we're still trying to follow the same pattern that we always have. We're going to have 23 lectures and panels, just like we always do. We're going to have a welcome cocktail party on Wednesday night that you can tune into it. We're also gonna have our film festival and the judging will be on Tuesday before the um, conference starts, just like normal. And then Saturday we'll have our award ceremony um, with uh, yours truly, Alejandro, will be emceeing this whole, uh, the whole- I'm yours truly, honey. Yes, I know. The whole event, just like, just as always. So, so everyone can see the screen, correct? Yes. Okay. That is correct. So uh, once you, buy a ticket, then you get a, 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 you log into your Whova account and your agenda will be right here. So whatever ticket you bought, you'll be able to see what the daily things are. And so if you want to add it, you can view it. Two fingers. Two fingers. Okay. There you go. So there's Nick Pope, Chad Lewis, and you can also see all our speakers at www.ufocongress.com on the speaker page. Um, the film festival, so you'll you'll also be able to um, watch all the films from the film festival, even if you don't attend the judging, which, you know, that's a, a job for the real diehards because you have to watch all of them. So it's an all-day affair, but you can watch them afterward. After we've um, narrowed down the finalist, you'll be able to watch those at any time, um, up to two weeks after the conference. And if you know anyone who has a film or if you have a film, go to www.ufocongress.com and go on the film festival tab and look at the requirements and maybe you you have a friend or you can submit a film yourself. Um, so that is the agenda. Show them how you, you can, can look at like, if you click the view session. Well, right now there's not gonna be uh, much there, but you can see who it is, what the what it's about, who the speaker is. And then once- or I like this though. I think this is cool because you yes. can actually go in there just like with our live streams, you can go in and ask like right. chat and type some stuff right, so now. right now nothing there but um you know your q a during the thing chat if you want to talk to other people during the uh the show so how do i get back to you uh, yeah and then if you so then also the attendees you can actually see all the attendees that are going to be there right now there's chris bledsoe no way chris bledsoe wait go up what? i saw someone there whoa Brian Bender from Politico. No way. There's me. There's you. So uh, you can upload as much or as little information as you would like to about yourself. You can put a picture, if you have a website, anything you want on there. And then in the community tab is where you can ask questions of us. You can start up a meetup. 
So right now, somebody has set up a meetup of how the Illuminati and ETs control your mind on September 13th at 11.30 p.m. Wow. So you can go in there and join meetups, uh, make your own meetups. Uh, and there's probably... Oh, so someone's going to go in there. Oh, yeah, and right. there'll be a video, and they'll be telling you how the Illuminati So basically, you can make your, your own meetup, and when that starts, it is like this. They'll be talking. You'll be able to join in. There's like a 30-person maximum, so if you want to get in there, make sure you get in there early. Um, different topics that for discussing discussion, all sorts of topics, and you can make your own. And um, so this Jennifer is in there doing all kinds of yeah. stuff. That's awesome. And then our exhibitor hall. So I know if, if you've ever been to the Congress before, you know we have this great vendor hall with lots of products and people, and it's bustling. And we're still having that. It's just online. So you would go. Let me find one who's done something. So this Eric has already gone in. And that's the other thing. As soon as you go in, if you want to become a vendor, as soon as you upload everything, you can start selling and you can start selling for up to six months afterward. So you can upload videos and you can also live stream. So you don't even have to have recorded videos. You can just do it live. You can put your uh, email, your website, uh, descriptions of what you're doing, uh, pictures of your products. Like I said, you can live stream. So you could be like a little home shopping network. You can hold up your products, talk about them. Um, yeah, and just give the uh, the, the attendees or whoever's watching at the time a way to get a contact with you. Some of you will have a website. Some of you might not. But um, even if you don't have a website, you can set up a PayPal. And I think you can easily set up a PayPal sort of store, can't you? I'm sure you could, you yeah. Do, or just, you know, you can just awesome. say, you can talk to them on the phone or through email and just say, send me this much to my PayPal and then they'll mail you your products. But as you see, he has a lot of different products that he's selling. And Gwen, she's one of our experiencer session uh, facilitators and she has her email up there, her phone number, her picture and her book. So if you're a vendor, you can still vend during the conference, just like... So I Normal. guess there's a coupon for a book. What are you I'm, trying to do? I'm trying to move a, a farther down. Okay. I just want to see if there's anybody else. Oh, here's another, there's a psychic and she's got a video. Oh, here. that's the one. That's Jennifer. Yeah. She looks like Cleopatra right now. There's Nick Pope. Interesting. Let's see who else? But Travis Walton. He doesn't have anything up yet, but once he does, once everybody uploads their, uh, their information, you'll be able to go through the vendor room and it'll be just like you're there, except you can sit at home and rest. And what else? Let's see. Messages. That's just a way to message. But a lot of different ways that you can um, meet and chat with other people. They even have a, a way that uh, if you want, they can match you up with someone. Instead of you going through reading stuff, they will give you suggestions of people that are have similar interests to you that you might want to connect with. So not only are you going to watch all the different speakers and panels that we always have, you're also going to be able to meet people even even maybe easier than normal because you can do it virtually and if you're nervous to talk to people you can do it online and it's almost easier to do it that way a lot of times yeah this is cool too and you can go do this at the the congress page or you'll see this sometimes if you're using a mobile uh device you can download an app so there's a phone app that gives you all this information too which is really cool because even when we get back to a physical conference you'll have your phone app that'll be able to tell you all the information you need to get to. Um, but yeah, you could also do all this on your phone. So if you're at work and you're in a meeting, you can just bring up the Whova UFO Congress 
and put in your earbud and watch you, these UFO Congress videos while you're at work, even if you're in meetings, no one's going to notice. Right. Yeah. So you can don't have to be home on your computer. You can do it all on your phone. Because meetings are boring. Yeah. And we're also going to have some contests. So we're having a photo contest. So you can upload photos from the past Congresses or even just pictures of you at home watching the conference. And then the, we'll have a poll going and it'll vote. People will vote on the uh, on those best picture and there's also prizes so we're having a couple different kind of prizes we're having an led three-dimensional light can you get this back to like the regular agenda just click it you know. it won't oh okay uh and we're gonna for one thing we're gonna get, be giving away one of our uh levitating ufo speaker lamps which is the uh, speaker plus it's a ufo that levitates on the top it's really cool we're gonna give out guys. one of those so if you want a chance to win one of those you just got to participate in some of our contests. So we're going to have the photo contest. And also there's going to be a contest for uh, going around and vi visiting as many vendors as you can. Mm. So if you visit all the, the most vendors that we have, then you'll be eligible for the prize. If we have a tie, then we'll have to do a drawing. But um, yeah, we've got our, our agenda already set up. We got our speakers ready to go. Um, we have deep Prasad. We've got two, uh, field investigators from Phoenix. We have um, Nick Pope. We have Brian Bender. We have some uh, some new people. We have one of the... And so you, people need to know who they are. So like Nick Pope used to run the UFO project. He was the Luis Elizondo of the UK. So he used to run for a couple of years the uh, UK UFO project. Brian Bender is the political guy that we talked about. Um, Deep Prasad's interesting, and he's just kind of a kid who is an interesting kid. A young man. Yeah, he's a very, uh, he's done a lot of tech stuff, really. Uh, and he's trying to, he's got this tech startup. And, um, but he has these really interesting thoughts on uh, on different things, like in this case, alien communication. Um, but. Uh, yeah, uh, right now they're seeing the screen. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Um, Kate Thorvaldson, I don't know if you've heard of her. She's also from Norway. So some of you Norway oh. regions might have heard of her. She is uh, says she is a hybrid and that she has implants, which magnets stick to that. And she's going to demonstrate that. Lori Redfelt, one of another military person who was at uh, Bentwaters, who saw a sighting right before, not too long before the the big well-known sighting. Linda Zimmerman, she studies the Hudson Valley UFO cases. Chris Bledsoe, he had a really close encounter type experience back in the 70s, 80s, I think early 80s. Kevin Kluth, a scientist, PhD, who- Knuth. Knuth. Oh. That should be it. Okay, and, sorry. Ms. And Bellin. we should put PhD. Yes, he is a PhD and he's gonna he's talk- He's a physicist. Yeah, phys he's gonna talk science and- we got Travis Walton, our good buddy for Travis, and he'll be talking about his experience. And also, um, some of these people also have uh, have workshops in addition where it's going to be a smaller group, only 30 people. So then you get to be on camera also and uh, just in, the, in that group, questions and answers, he's going to speak. So those are also, if you um, are interested in having a more intimate uh, experience. David Marler, he's also going to have one of the workshops, too, as well as doing his regular lecture. Well, and Travis Taylor, who's one of the scientists on the Skinwalker Show. David yep. Marler, who's a specialist on triangle UFOs. 
a great researcher. He was an unidentified recently, but he's going right. to talk he about UFO the, burn the victim cases. Yeah. And Travis, he's Travis Walton. He's a hoot. He's got like, I mean, not Travis Walton, Travis Taylor. We were just talking about, uh, Five PhDs, just a really funny guy. Also, had many different shows. Very entertaining speaker. Yes, so he's way more entertaining in person him. than on the TV show uh, Skinwalker. Yeah, because he's got to be serious on the show, but in person he's oh, funny. And then, oh, Travis Walton, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was another good one here. Oh, Linda Zimmerman, we already talked yeah. about. Great author. She's written about all kinds of different cases. Mostly, uh, she's known for the the uh, Hudson Valley cases in New York. Right. And then the, our award ceremony is Saturday night, like usual. And we'll be giving out the winners for the long form, short form and for the film people's festival. choice for the film festival. Yep. And then our final day and Oh, we're having seven different experiencer sessions. So just like the regular conference, when you can go in and um, talk about your experiences or just come and listen to other people's experiences. Um, we're still having those in the morning before the lectures and in the afternoon afterward. Um, Tim Brigham, also another, another academic. Um, he is going to talk about UFOs as an agents of psychic transformation. Uh, MJ Benias, he's a writer, journalist. Um, those are my favorite scientists and journalists. So, um, and researchers like Marler. And uh, this actually, we haven't updated, but we have one of the um, uh, one of witnesses. the witnesses from the Ruwa encounter Ruwa South from South Africa. Africa. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, way back when um, these children were on the playground, this um, craft lands. These beings got out. The children uh, saw this, and then these beings communicated with them about how we, they need to save the earth and we're ruining the earth. And before we had Emily Trim um, and she was one of the children. We've had her as an adult come speak with us. And now we have another one. So you'll see that soon if you check back on our website. Um, and then we'll have some really good panels, a um, little bit of uh, academia and UFOs. Um, another one about abductions, another one about disclosure. And uh, that's about it for Sunday. But yeah, 23 lectures and panels, eight workshops that you can choose, film festival, experiencer sessions, um, lots of things to do, and lots of ways to connect with your fellow people, your fellow attendees. Yeah, so yeah. it's just really easy to use. You just click on the dates, you know, depending on what you're doing, you follow the agenda and you view the session. And the, the video will be right here for you. So when it says 8 a.m. at 8 a.m., the video that's on this screen will start and they'll start showing. Also, what's really cool about this tool is that you will be able to, let's say you miss it. Let's say you sleep in on Saturday. You know, you're like, oh, no, I slept in and you didn't get up till till 10 o'clock. Um, you could still go in and see. You're like, oh, I miss Travis Taylor. Well, you could still go in here and the video will be here for you to watch. Right. The recorded afterwards. versions for yeah. two weeks. So, yeah, if you're busy, don't worry. You can go back and watch them for two weeks afterward. Because you know how it is. We ask the speakers to try to leave time for Q&A, but they don't always. But the panels, those definitely you'll want to be live at because just like we're doing here, those will have a Q&A component. Yeah. And so, you know, if you have... If, a vend if you've been a vendor, come back and do it again. If you haven't been a vendor, but you do have some things that you want to sell, or if you want to be a sponsor, just you want your information on a banner on the website, we're going to offer that too. So yeah, give it a try. You never know.
how much you can, how many people you can reach in that, in this kind of forum. So even though you might not be there, you can still reach your audience. Oh, I like to challenge people. So Mark says he disagrees on Aztec. Well, write up an article, write me up the best evidence, because if you write a best evidence on Aztec, I think it's going to be a hard sell, but go for it. I love to be, I do like to be proven wrong. I'm not even kidding. Uh, I love to be proven wrong, especially when I'm skeptical about something because that's great. That means that there's something really incredible there. So do it. Wait, Mark wants to sell his new compatible toner cartridges on this thing. Sure. You can sell anything you want. Just go to the website, uh, go to the ticket page, go to the bottom and it'll have all the information on how to be a vendor. Yep. By the way, can you guys hear? I keep looking back because uh, we have my our dog always sits here because this is where I use my computer oh, a lot. <laughs> See him back there, and he snores really loudly. Pumpkin is famous. Pumpkin was on the news because he's such a big oh, UFO follower. <laughs> We should put that link. Yeah. In fact, we were on the news. The news came here <laughs> on World UFO Day um, to interview us about that. And they even had Pumpkin in the interview. Didn't they, Pumpkin? He was actually at the Congress last year a lot of the times. And we were all taking turns taking him for walks and stuff. Yes, he puts that Pumpkin. He's our 13-year-old puppy. And he has an Instagram so if you want to watch Pumpkin on Instagram, you can. He's Pumpkin the Senior Cab. Sir Pumpkin oh, yeah. the Senior Cab. <laughs> there we go. So, all right. Any other questions? I guess I don't. Yeah, John Mack. Some people are talking about the Ruwa case. An excellent case. A really good case. Nearly everybody's favorite case. Yeah. I mean, it's great. These children didn't have anything to, to lie about. They all came in. I mean, it was an amazing sighting. Yeah, so just a ton of kids that were out in the park, and then they all were like, hey, teacher, you know, we saw an alien. And, and the they teachers all are this, like, what? And then when they started talking, they realized that all these kids somehow said they were talking to us, but their mouths weren't moving, and we don't know how they were doing it, but they all had the same messages that they said that these aliens related to them psychically. Yeah, so it is a great case. John Mack researched that case. Um, and there is a short documentary that you can find on the internet, yeah. which uh, go ahead and watch it because then you'll get an idea and you'll see how little these kids are. And now they're all in their like 20s, uh, upper 20s, yeah. maybe early 30s. So and when we had the other witness, Emily Trim at the Congress, it's still people are still talking about it. It was really emotional and uh, amazing. And uh, Martin. Willis is the one who got us in contact with Salma said because he's interviewed her before, but um, definitely you're going to want to be able to see her talk longer and then also get in your questions and have your own interactions with her. Mm -hmm. uh, Alejandro, can you have an open line session sometime? No, but we can have as close of a thing as possible, which is just like what we're doing here. So when we are doing those panels, then um, you can get in there and ask questions. Or if you want to join the workshops, the workshops are one-on-one. -on -one. So the workshops, it's like you're in a conference call with the speaker. So then you do get to get in there with your microphone and camera and talk back and forth with them. Right. Like you all be able to see each other and talk to each other. And I just decided I'm going to do a coupon. Yay. So coupon. what is this 
called this section? This is Open Mind GFO Radio, essentially. Okay. Oh, we're getting the coupon, guys. So it's going to be OMR50. So if you put go to the site and put OMR50, you're going to say $50 off a multi-day pass. So OMR50, but don't do it yet because I haven't put it in yet. But as soon as I do, let me give me 10 minutes and you'll be able to nice go and so, get $50 off of a multi-day ticket. OMR50 to get $50 off. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's probably up already because uh, you know, we're recording here live on YouTube and Facebook, but OMR50. Awesome. Thanks, honey. Uh-huh. Let's see. There was we another... are paying our speakers just as if we would in person. I know a lot of podcasts, people don't pay them to come on their podcast, but we are actually paying our speakers. So um, that is why we, we're charging for the tickets, not, not just to make money. We're trying to actually recoup our expenses. So, yep, uh, they're very reasonable price more less than half of what they normally are in person uh, of course because we don't have to do a banquet so we can cut those costs out but yeah our speakers are well paid and i think you'll really Speak have up. a great time how can you tell i'm not talking loud enough because i can tell okay sorry my voice doesn't carry as well as alejandro's but i'm really trying to belt it out no problem tim you can watch the rest uh later tim was saying got here late but anyway, uh, yeah, there aren't very many interviews out there at all with these children, these witnesses as adults. So being able to have this opportunity to watch one of these witnesses live and get your questions in is extremely rare. Someone yeah. did mention that, you know, there's this film that's in the works by this guy, Randall Nickerson. Great guy. He's a friend of mine. Uh, he's in here sometimes. Uh, we've been waiting for that film for a long time, so I don't know when that will be coming out. But someone also mentioned that James Fox, another friend of ours, is going to be having a film. Uh, James Fox was actually spoke at the conference last, last year. year yeah. He speaks often at the conference. But uh, yeah, his film will be coming out eventually, not too far now. They're working on it. So hopefully I'll have an update for you uh, soon on the James Fox film. And he does have a, a couple interviews in there with the witnesses, but not much. You definitely want to come to the Congress to yeah. really get details on that. And the panel... The panel that's going to have Travis Walton, Selma Siddick, Kate Thorvalson, oh. Chris Bledsoe. I mean, these are people who feel, you know, claim that they have up and close personal experiences. Um, so those panels are always great. Mm -hmm. And maybe, do you think Pumpkin will make an appearance? Pump, there's a very good chance that Pumpkin. See him there. That Pumpkin will be. He might even get his own session. I don't know. Oh, because there is going to be during the breaks, there's going to be special uh, interviews or special kind of breakdowns with Karen and a couple of our friends. In fact, one of them might still be here, Stacy Wright, who runs the local Phoenix MUFON. Uh, I talk about her all the time. You know, uh, she'll be uh, with Karen and our friend uh, who's a cop out here. Uh, and also, they're both speaking at the conference, but Marianne. They'll be doing these uh, during the breaks. They'll be talking about yeah. the speakers and sharing and information. And we'll be having our new show coming up soon, but probably before the conference even. So be looking for that. Yep. So check it out. That'll be at UFOcongress.com. Otherwise, I think that is everything, everybody. Again, thank you so much thank for you. being here and listening and sharing and joining uh, all of you who uh, participate, it's your participation is greatly, greatly appreciated. So thank you so much. Uh, do check out openminds.tv and read those stories. Uh, I work really hard on those and I, you're really not going to get that information anywhere else. 
Um, and then also visit ufocongress.com to see all of the great speakers and to get in there because right. you can start interacting right now as you saw some people are in there. And check our Facebook, uh, UFO Congress Facebook, UFO Congress YouTube for more information, more uh, uh, videos and more updates and help this man stay in the UFO field. We really appreciate it. Hope. But uh, yeah, but uh, and I'm also doing mortgages though too. So and I do real estate, so we yeah. got it all covered. You need a house and a loan. Between the two of us, we got you covered. We're gonna hook you up. We're gonna get you in a home, especially if you're getting kicked out on the street, because <laughs> unfortunately they have they're ending the stopping of eviction. So that'll be really a tough time. So yeah. anyway, thank you all so much for being here. Until next time, let me get up my cool little videos. Until next time. Adios, muchachos.